Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis and Nick Verzellini. Welcome into this Monday show, October 4th. Show presented in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremation, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Welcome in, Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzalini. Happy to have you with us. And are we are we on TV at least now, Nick? Uh, yeah, we should be. We're not on Facebook for some reason. I don't know why the stream just is not working. It won't let me stream. So we're just hanging out on TV and radio, I guess, for now, and I'll try to fix it. All right, well, big weekend in sports. So much going on. We got high school football season, college football season, NFL, and then MLB seasons. Regular seasons wrapping up, and then uh, playoffs start tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I want to talk about this uh, either today or tomorrow, and you opened with it, so I'll talk about it now. Uh you know the Dodgers sitting at 106 wins have to play a wild card game, but the 88 win Atlanta Braves because they won a division get a first round bye or don't have to play the wild card game. That's that's kind of crazy to me. And, and baseball and football have always had that thing where they value the division more than basketball, and I think the NHL too. It's not that big of a deal, so. It's always been weird to me that that the divisions matter so much more in those sports, but it also would feel a little weird to not to devalue them in those sports at this point because of how it's always been, and the fact that winning your division matters more. I don't know. I, I think baseball could probably redo something with the playoff format. I've never really been a fan of it. I think adding the wild card game was a step in the right direction, but I think last year, you know, having more teams in the playoffs was better because. You think about it, only 10 of the 30 teams make the playoffs. That's only one-third of the league. Every other league, it's like at least half because 16 teams of the 30 make it in uh, the NBA. And then in the NFL, it's now 14 out of 32, so almost half the teams. Yeah, it's crazy. And we'll talk a little MLB baseball probably in the last segment. A lot to talk about, including potentially last game for a Washington National. But we'll... Do what we usually do on Mondays? So we'll open with high school football. Uh, before we get into high school football, we will have head coach of the Shepherd Rams, Ernie McCook, on at around 12.30 to talk about last week's game and this week's upcoming game. But now let's hit, get into high school football. Martinsburg with a huge 62 to nothing win over Washington. That was Martinsburg's senior night. Martinsburg now is 6-0 and on the season. I believe 14 straight wins over Martinsburg or over Washington. Washington falls to two and four on the season. And uh here's Colin with head coach Britt Sherman after the game. Hey coach Sherman. Hugh Spencer down here Sherman, congrats on the win. A big one tonight, a statement one on homecoming tonight. What's it mean to you and your team? You just the guys having fun. Uh, just had a really good time, you know, a lot of effort. Just flying around, having fun, and, um, you know, scoring a lot of points, getting a win. Yeah, it was all cylinders, offense, defense, special teams. Who stood out to you specifically, though? 
I mean, Hudson Clement, I way, he scored a couple touchdowns when receiving and then gets a fumble recovery. I think Braden Herring, who's a kid that, uh, you know, hadn't been able to play because of some, some issues and stuff, stuck it out and uh, got a good fumble uh, strip there toward the end, and then Hudson uh, gets the recovery and, and takes it in. But they did good. But, you know, Murphy, Hudson, um, Roman Pearson had a really good run there in the first half. Jacob Barrett's doing a really good job for us. Both sides of the ball, you know, those guys up front, um, all the linemen doing a really good job too. So, I mean, it was it was a concerned effort. Everybody was uh, everybody did a really good job tonight. I heard there in the team huddle before you broke, you were saying focus. What exactly you want them focusing on up until next week? Well, I mean, we have a really big game next week with an Ohio school, and uh, you know, we know how good Ohio football is, and uh, those guys a little bit uh, when you two things like that. And, it's big time football, so you know we've been, we've went into Virginia and now we're traveling to Ohio and we're gonna see how we stack up. All right, thank you, Coach. Again, congrats on the win. Back up. That was our Colin McLaughlin with head coach Britt Sherman after the sixty-two nothing win, and could you have some stats from that one? Murphy Clement three attempts, one hundred and three yards, one touchdown. He had that ninety-one yard touchdown after the penalty in that game it was a run and then Hudson Clement had three three carries for 62 yards and a touchdown Xavion Kendall five carries 35 yards passing uh Ezra Bajant went nine for 13 195 yards with three touchdowns uh did not get sacked Murphy Clement went four for five for 51 yards had two touchdowns didn't get sacked as well receiving Hudson Clement seven catches 111 yards uh, so you, Hudson Clements got about, I think on the game, he had over 170, 174 yards total offense for Clement. And then Barrick had two catches for 50 yards, a huge catch, a couple of huge catches actually in that one. And Martinsburg rolled over uh, Washington. Yeah, it was an impressive win uh, for the Bulldogs, you know, it was an expected win, but also anytime you can get an EPAC win, uh, that says something about your program. So we'll see now. I mean, the, they'll have this big game coming up this Saturday against Riverside of Ohio. Um, it will probably be a bigger challenge than most of the teams that they face this season, besides probably Highland Springs. So I'm expecting a competitive football game. I, th- I think this will be a good test for Martinsburg as they get into the later half of the season where you're going to see teams like Jefferson and then come playoff time, you're going to have to deal with the Huntingtons, the Spring Valleys, uh, the Cowell Midlands that are all really good teams in in the southern part of the state. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see uh, how they prevail. I think, you know, depending on how this Riverside game goes, will kind of determine, at least for me, how I'm looking at how states will potentially go. Um you know, if they play another good game like they did against Highland Springs, then you got to think, okay, this Martinsburg team is going to probably easily win a, win a state championship again. But if it's, you know, a different outcome than what you'd expect, which I'd expect in a competitive football game, then maybe they're vulnerable and maybe a team like Huntington or Spring Valley could knock them off. But overall, they look really good so far. Yeah, I mean, I think that Martinsburg has a very good chance to run the table. Um, I would say – if you count this next game as a challenge, because you really don't know much about this that team in Ohio, I believe they are. I did they get a get a win on Friday, I believe, if I remember reading that correctly. 
Um, let me just check. Yeah, they're five and two on the season, three and one in their league, but three and one puts them at third in their league, so they're in a very competitive league. Yeah, and, and typically Ohio football is among the top. Usually you think of Texas, Pennsylvania, Ohio as being some of the better states. Obviously California Florida. and Florida yeah. fall in there as well. But uh, we'll see. I think this is a good challenge for this team either way. Even if Martinsburg is a better team, it's good to play different schools and play different parts of the country to, to see how good your team really is. And it, it can help you prepare for postseason. Yeah, I definitely think it can, and uh, we'll hopefully talk with their head coach, who's also their athletic director, Dave Boers, tomorrow before the show. We'll probably be able to talk a little bit, you know, not spoil too much of the pregame show, but have a you know a kind of keen effort of what their or keen interest, kind of what their team's about, because we don't know what their team's about. Yeah, you know? I mean, besides what we can maybe see on the internet, yeah, you know, it's always good to get that inside. Uh, view from the coaches because they they know more obviously than what a a film is going to tell you all right so let's talk about other epac games jefferson rolls over south hagerstown 64 nothing to also remain undefeated be a key matchup in a couple of weeks as jefferson will play martinsburg uh probably the epac game of the year we've talked about but jefferson just continuing to roll yeah, this was impressive. 64-0 victory. Not that South Hagerstown's necessarily a great team in the state of Maryland, but anytime you beat a team 64-0, it's impressive. I'm I'm intrigued about Jefferson. You know, I don't yeah. know where because in terms of teams we know a lot about, we haven't really seen them uh play those teams yet that are at least in the tops in West Virginia. So, you know, South Hagerstown isn't isn't the best but an impressive win nonetheless. So I'm, I'm intrigued by this team. I think Sammy Roberts is a very good quarterback. They're well coached by Craig Hunter. I'm, I don't know if they'll, they'll compete with Martinsburg, but if they can, even if they don't win in the regular season, you know, you got to watch out for Jefferson, I think this year. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just kind of showing that that program is being built down there and they have a new field and everything. So they're just, they're kind of rocking and rolling this year. We'll talk with Craig Hunter, most likely again tomorrow we usually have our tuesday conversations with all the head coaches um we'll probably air that on wednesday um but let's look at some other games in the epac hedgesville gets the big 20 to 7 win over spring mills that was spring mills homecoming and spring mills came in and ranked number 15th they're just inside playoff position and they fall to two and three hedgesville improves to three and three on the season and as I've kind of talked about all season with Hedgesville and when we've had Coach Faircloth on, it's just continued improvement every week. And I think the fact that they had to play more or um, Morgantown than Martins or Morgantown and Martinsburg, those are tough teams. They're just tough teams that are going to make you better, even though you're going to, you know, in the Martinsburg game, got really out of hand. Yeah, and I think Spring Mills is a team too. While they were ranked 15th, we really didn't know much about them because we hadn't seen them play other teams that we know are good. So, well, I, I'm not taking anything away from Spring Mills' season so far. They obviously got a win over Washington due to a COVID game, and, and I think that might have set them back a little bit in terms of their development. They're a young football team. So Hedgesville, using its size and its experience to really uh, win that football game, and it's an impressive win for the Hedgesville Eagles, who now – 
are trying to contend. Like I said, whoever won that game will have a shot at that 16, 15, 14 spot, especially if they're able to maybe pull off an upset against Jefferson or Martinsburg, which obviously Hedgesville won't get the upset over Martinsburg. But if you could knock off Jefferson, you're going to get some wins, obviously, and that would help you toward playoff time. But either way, Spring Mills is going to rack up some more wins, I think. And, uh, you know, Musselman will probably hopefully get back into the win column again soon as well so well you talk about muscleman they're just really shorthanded this year and obviously the many times in the last couple of weeks we've talked with head coach brian thomas they're on like plan quad uh, plan a million at quarterback on offense so you're down year because of injuries i don't it's not really a down year because everybody's it's just not good i just think you're down year because you didn't it, it, you know you didn't plan to have your offense run by an like you know an athlete type, not necessarily a prototypical quarterback. Yeah, they've definitely had to adjust, and I think uh, you know this was a tough one for them this week against Morgantown. But they play Hedgesville next, correct? Yeah, that's this so Friday. That's, we'll have this game. It'll be yeah. Matt Miller and I on the call, and we're going to talk with head coach Brian Thomas on Wednesday. You and I will head out tomorrow to Hedgesville. Right, so that feels like already, a, you know, a make-or-break game for Musselman on their season. And for Hedgesville, you know, to get that win would certainly put them in a chance for the playoff positioning. We'll see. Uh, the, the rankings will come out tomorrow at 2. Yeah. So we'll kind of talk about that uh, on Wednesday. Hopefully and, we can find them before we interview the coaches. Yeah. That'll I be mean, good to get their opinion on it, especially Craig Hunter, to see where they're at. Hopefully they're still number two, one, number two, number three. They should be, right? I mean, yeah. they didn't lose, so. But we didn't mention the Musselman score. They lost to Morgantown 34-14, to fought a 1-4 and four on the season. Then just some other scores from around the state. Uh, that huge game in Huntington, Spring Valley loses to Huntington 9-6. to six. Spring Valley was in the lead for a good part of that game. Uh, Spring Valley now falls to 4-2. and two. Huntington improves to an undefeated 6-0, and oh, so 3, I think, we're left with three six and O teams right now. Yeah, and they should the cruise the undefeated heading into the postseason because the rest of their schedule isn't too difficult. So they've gotten through the Spring Valleys and the Cabell Midlands. I think they still got St. Albans and Riverside. So Huntington's probably going to go in as the one seed, I would think, based on who they've played and the wins they have. Yeah, and there's a couple other scores before we got to hit a break. Number five, Princeton, 4-0 now after defeating Woodrow Wilson, 21-14. to Cabell Midland gets number seven. Cabell Midland gets a 56-16 win. And then George Washington at number nine falls to number 11. South Charleston, 14-13. to George Washington falls to 3-2. and South Charleston improves to 4-1. and They dropped out after a bad loss the week prior to they lose to again spring valley spring valley yeah they lost to spring valley so that's kind of crazy how that's panning out down there and then uh hurricane gets the 42 30 win over parkersburg three and three on the season and let's see anybody else that i didn't mention that's uh gonna be in the top of the power rankings when they come out let me just double check before we get a break i think i've mentioned everybody yeah at least a triple a yeah, at least in AAA. Well, we've hit our first break of the day. Segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your vehicle, your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you, and if you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. When we come back, we'll talk a little college football, probably top 25 Marshall WVU, and then at 1230, that'll be a real quick segment, and then 1230, 
We'll take a break and go to have Ernie McCook on. That's next. I want to thank you for your continued support of helping Hagerstown Ford's efforts to be number one in the region. As we get closer to this extremely aggressive goal, I want to recap why Hagerstown Ford should be your only consideration when buying your next vehicle. Number one, we have the best prices from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C., from Hershey, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland. I assure you, price will not be the reason you don't buy from Hagerstown Ford. Number two, we have a real return policy that's better than Walmart. Seriously, if you don't like it, return it. We'll give you three days to make sure you love your new ride. And finally, we'll bring your new car, truck, or SUV to you, just like Amazon does. Never step foot in a dealership again. Stop the silly back-and-forth negotiations that make everyone crazy. It's dumb, and it's a total waste of time. Besides, we hate it worse than you do. Simply log on to HagerstownFord.com and let us make your next buying process fun, easy, and risk-free. What do you got to lose? Visit HagerstownFord.com and let us cater to you. See dealer for details. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on six fundamental of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Then sign up for basic, intermediate, and advanced defensive handgun courses. Valley Guns 2 has a 197-acre complex in Hampshire County with a 2,400-square-foot indoor facility and various ranges. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or phone 304-229-4411. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay, or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We do apologize to people that had to tune in on TV 10 or those not being able to tune in on Facebook. Facebook appears to be down at least on our end here today. I think it's uh, a nationwide thing. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too certain on that, but it appears that it is down. So uh, we'll be back whenever it comes tomorrow up. or we may just jump in mid show <laughs> or whenever it comes up. We can post the, the audio version yeah. of the show to Facebook. Yeah. Well, let's just quickly jump around the top 25 action from this past weekend. Cincinnati goes and defeats Notre Dame 24 to 13. I believe they move into the top five or four. Probably. It, it, with that win, I mean, they were like eighth. So it will just depend on how the voting goes. But yeah. And then chance. Oklahoma State beats Baylor. I'm just going to read the kind of the top 25 action because it's, not, it's you know, there's not a lot of top tw- of top contest between top teams they defeat number 20 number 19 oklahoma state defeats number 21 baylor 24 to 14 auburn barely gets the number 22 auburn barely gets the win over lsu 24 to 19 very competitive game and uh clemson at number 25 barely gets the win over boston unranked boston college 19 to 13 we've talked about it uh, clemson just not very good 
without Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and everybody else that left. Still have a good defense, but yeah, offensively they're struggling right now to put up points, and that's proven again with this Boston College game. Yep, and then we'll talk West Virginia. They get the they suffer another loss. That is two straight losses to tech. This one to Texas Tech, twenty three to twenty. I believe it was on a last second field goal. If I, if I'm if I'm correct, uh, that would be two straight games where they've lost, and that's two straight games where they've lost by three on a field goal. That's just not. That's just bad luck. Yeah, they they haven't. This is a bad loss though for me. If I'm a West Virginia fan or if I'm a Mountaineer evaluator. I guess you could say, because for head coach Neil Brown, you know, Texas Tech just lost 70-35 to to Texas. So they gave up 70 points, and you only put up 20 on them. I don't know. I'm not feeling too confident if I'm the Mountaineers right now. And, and, and coach Neil Brown is probably on the hot seat here in year three. I don't think he gets fired, because usually you want to give a coach at least four years, but he's definitely – uh, feeling the heat because this was a bad loss and now they're two and three and they've had close games but they just haven't been able to win close games sounds like the other team in division one college football in the mountain state yeah we'll talk about them they lost to middle tennessee to open conference usa play 34 to 28 and it really wasn't that close until the end of the game marshall put up 14 in the last quarter 14 points actually in the second and the fourth quarter none in the third first and third and at halftime, it was 28-14. And then after the third quarter, it was 34-14, to but 14 points in that final quarter. Grant Wells, 31 of 47, 321 yards, a touchdown. Rasheen Ali, 19 carries, 113 yards. But again, with three touchdowns, I do believe yeah, – turnovers, the huge bugaboo for Marshall, two interceptions for Grant Wells, and I do believe a fumble for – did Rasheen fumble? Yes, all the running yeah. backs fumbled. Yes, because I saw your tweet. I wasn't. Pay- I saw your tweet and I was laughing about it because <laughs> Coach uh, Coach Huff was a running backs coach at Alabama, and all his running backs keep fumbling. Yeah, especially in the uh, in the rain. Yep. Well, we are now. That was our quick, did a little quick segment there on other college football. When we come back, we'll talk with a four and one head coach of the. Shepherd Rams Ernie McCook after a big win over Shippensburg on Hall of Fame weekend. That's next on the Sports Mix. Since you know when. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above market trade in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Mark your calendar for October 15th, 16th, and 17th and plan to join us for the 42nd annual Mountain State Apple Harvest Festival. Modified from its traditional schedule, this year's Apple Harvest Festival will feature many exciting family-friendly outdoor events for the entire community to enjoy. The Mountain State Apple Harvest Festival, sponsored by BCT, invites you to like us on Facebook and follow along for all the details of this year's three-day event. msahf.com 
WVU Medicine continues to expand to meet the needs of our growing community. We're excited to offer high-quality health care in the Shepherdstown area at our new medical office facility located on Route 45 West at 60 McLean Way. Services available at the new WVU Medicine Shepherdstown location include primary care, behavioral health and psychiatry, and specialty care. Plus, two departments of Berkeley Medical Center are on-site, lab services, and x-ray services available weekdays 7 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Make an appointment today at WVU Medicine. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix. We're now joined by head coach of the Shepherd Rams, Ernie McCook. How are you doing today, Coach McCook? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Huge win for your team over the weekend on Hall of Fame weekend. Uh, and it was a big rivalry game, too. Yeah, we uh, ship, playing Shippensburg is always a big game. We kind of talked about it with our team about uh, you know, with our current schedule, that we have more history with Shippensburg uh, University than we do anybody else on our schedule. The fact that the game is uh, two teams that are relatively close, close to each other, a lot of local interest, um, so it really made for an exciting day for both programs, I think. Coach, uh, you guys were able to kind of rattle Bryson Musina early on in that first half. Uh, how important do you think that was to get in the win with the defensive line really getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback? Well, I thought our defense had, had a great game plan. Our players played with great effort and great energy, and they were ready. To, they, were, they were able to get to him and make him uncomfortable. Uh, that's our goal every week, to put the quarterback in a bad spot so he makes bad decisions um, and make him uncomfortable. And I think our defensive front did a great job with that. Um, I thought we, I thought our defense played extremely well, played with great energy and effort, uh, which is all you can ask for. Was it nice to get that bad taste after that that tough loss to Cutstown the week prior? That it was really a, an eight point loss. Was it nice to get that out of your guys' mouth? You know, quickly score you know, it, score a lot of points. No question about it. You know, it was. Uh, it's always. You know, that's the toughest thing when you when you lose a football game playing football you have to live with it for a week and as a coaching staff we try to we try to fight against that and uh, we try to get that whatever whether we win or lose on Saturday we want to we want to put that game to bed on Sunday when we watch film with our kids and and really move on to our next opponent and uh, I thought our kids did a great job with that last Sunday and focusing in on Shippensburg and uh, not letting the hangover of a tough loss at home to Kutztown beat us. And uh, that's credit to our coaching staff, our players. Understood, hey, we made some mistakes the week prior, but we were able to move on. And the whole week was great focus um, on Shippensburg University and what they bring to the table in offense, defense, and the kicking game. And that was kind of shown in the game as well, how you guys were able to respond to adversity because obviously they returned that opening kickoff. So what do you think that said about your team that even when they got down well, 7 you nothing, know were able to bounce the, back? Yeah, that's not how you want to start it. Um, but you know, we talk about it all the time. you got to play for a full 60 minutes. 
Um, you can't let the last play beat you, um, and you got to play to get to the next football play. Um, I thought our offense did a tremendous job answering the bell to that. Uh, can't, we drove down the field, tied it up 7-7. Then our defense came out and had a couple great stops where our offense was able to put a couple more scores together. And I thought once we got to that, you know, got over the hump there, um, that, that kickoff return for a touchdown was way in our rearview mirror. We were able to really lock in and focus on the game plan and execute. And for you guys, this past weekend didn't have to have uh, Tyson throw a lot of passes, only 33 attempts, a lot on the ground. Was that nice after he had to go you know, over 40 attempts the week prior? Yeah, and you know what? Uh, Tyson is our guy, and uh, you know when we need it, we're going to hang our hat on him. Uh, there's no question about it. But when we can have great balance on offense, it's going to make us very effective as an offensive unit, and I think you saw that on Saturday against Shippensburg. You know, Shippensburg was a 4-0 football team. Uh, they were on top of the Pennsylvania Athletic Conference Eastern Division. Uh, they came in with a lot of confidence. Um, they had a lot of swagger with them, and we were able to match that and um, and be balanced on offense run the football and have play a physical brand of football and, and being able to run the ball gives us that ability. And also coach your running backs were able to make some plays out of the backfield and, and have some nice catches in particular yeah. Ronnie Brown. Uh, what does he kind of bring yeah. to the offense? He's been a big play guy all year really. Sure. Ron, Ronnie is uh, he's a really fast quick player. He's got good hands in the pass game and uh you know he can be a very he's a very explosive player and I think right now him and Chance in that game once Ty got hurt were a great one-two punch. Um, those are completely different types of backs, so you're not going to be able to settle in defensively and say, all right, we've got we can handle this offensive running game because the back the two backs are different and they bring a different style of running to to our attack. So they're a nice complement for one another. Ronnie did, had a tremendous game, and I was very proud of him, and I was really happy for him. Unfortunately, Coach, we won't be able to make it to uh, Lock Haven for the game this weekend, but what does uh, Lock Haven kind of present for you guys this week? You know, Lock Haven's got a new coaching staff. Uh, they got there at the um, beginning of the COVID lockdowns. They've had a tough time with their, uh, you know, kind of building their team. Uh, they're uh, one and four right now. They opened the season with a twenty nothing shutout at Lincoln, and then they two played two really great football teams in Slipper Rock and California, Pennsylvania. Um, and then they, they, in the last two weeks, they played East Stroudsburg and um, Millersville, and you could see them getting better each week as you go through the tape. You can see them execute at a higher level. Um, and I imagine that you know they they're going to be a better football team than a, what a one and four record would show, and uh, we're going to have to have a great week of preparation in all three phases. Yeah, they played a close one against uh, Millersville this past weekend. They yep. lost it thirty-one to twenty-nine. So they're they're hanging in some games. Yes, they are, and their their head coach is. Uh, is a great football coach. Uh, he, he, Coach Kelling is uh, somebody I've known for several years now, and I know he is a really bright guy. 
and he is going to have his team prepared, and they're going to play hard. You mentioned uh, Chance Schwartz earlier. Um, obviously, this will be a, kind of like for Josh Gonteric this past week, uh, a revenge game kind of in a way, or at least a return to uh, yeah. familiar territory. Yeah, well, you know what? It was uh, Chance actually started his career at Chippensburg for a semester, then transferred to Lockhaven. So we're 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 on the Chance road trip the last two weeks. <laughs> so it is going to be exciting for Chance, you know. I you know I, he'll just uh, I know it's uh, he he has some friends up there and but he wants to um, I'm sure execute at a high level. But that's that's who he is as a player. I don't think if it matters we're playing Lockhaven or Shippensburg or Millersville, whoever it might be, uh, Chance is going to be a very consistent guy. All right, Coach. Well, thanks for joining us. Best of luck this week, and we'll be back out of practice next week. Awesome. Look forward to seeing you guys. Have a great week, okay? Okay, you too as well. That was head coach of the Shepherd Rams, Ernie McCook, the now 4-1 and Shepherd Rams at 1-1 one and one now in PSAC East play. And, Nick, probably going to be a rather easy game this week. Yeah, I mean, you never know in the PSAC, and I think Lockhaven's a team that's getting better uh, – you know, but obviously Shepard's already kind of been where Lockhaven wants to be over the past few years. So as a program, you kind of look at it like Martinsburg. Like when they play Washington, you expect them to win, but you never know what's going to happen any given Saturday. So, uh, you know, going on the road too, they're back on on the road. Um, that will certainly provide some challenges. It's a little bit of a longer trip, kind of a weird atmosphere there at Lock, Lockhaven as well. So, you know, I wouldn't count it down as, as a guaranteed W. And obviously that's how Coach McCook's going to approach it this week. But Shepard looked like Shepard last week, and, and that was nice to see after not really looking like that team against you know a talented Kutztown team, but obviously a team that heading in you expected to win, or at least I expected them to win based on the fact that Kutztown had lost to IUP. But again, Kutztown didn't have its quarterback. So yeah, um, you know, it, I, I really do think that, that Shepard did get a lot of the things that they wanted to work on uh, in – and work on it against Shivensburg and we're able to get a nice win. So I'm excited for the rest of the season, obviously, and uh, see what they do this Saturday. Obviously, we won't be there, but we'll try to provide updates because I think that's a 2 p.m. kick. We got a 1 p.m. kick. So There's a 1 p.m. kick there. Oh, okay. So there The you next go. game. Right? Next I was just about to talk about the schedule. But, uh, yeah, so it'll be 1 p.m. kick at Lock Haven. And then next week, a 2 p.m. kick at Millersville. So they're – Three road games start the year, then two home games, then two road games, then they come home for homecoming, and then a road game, and then they end the season with two straight road, two straight home games. Yep. So a, a kind of interesting piece together schedule, very fragmented schedule. Yeah, and I think too, it's good that they'll be at home when the season gets colder and the weather starts to change because they'll have it'll be a noon game field. and it'll be a noon kickoff. Yep. So you'll be won't be too cold. It'll be right in the height of the afternoon heat. But yeah, next two weeks are on the road. Then they come home for homecoming, and then they're at Bloomsburg, and then they host the final two games: East Stroudsburg and Slippery Rock. You know, I just was thinking about this. There's really they don't get a bye week. Yeah, I don't think unless the they just have the last week as an open week. Right. I'm not too certain, but that's crazy to think that Division Two football doesn't get a bye week. Or at least it doesn't appear. I think yeah. IUP already had their bye week, so it must be that Shepherd's is the open week is probably before any conference championship. 
just like uh let me see no i mean it might not show up in the schedule but that's their bye week i would think i don't know but i don't know either but, way that slippery rock game too to end the season at home that, that should be a really good game it should be a good game and i didn't just we talked about this on the van ride last week over to shepherd i didn't realize how they kind of count their conference they don't count they only count their division wins right they don't count their wins in the conference I, I i feel like a lot of teams count their wins in the in the conference overall am i am i wrong on that nick or am i just like am i thinking it that? might be maybe that since we're early on but yeah i mean unless i'd have to look at PSAC stuff but unless i mean unless i don't know what i'm saying there marshall when we were there obviously like their conference wins counted more than the divisional wins yeah so i don't know if that will how it is let's quick quick look at at the psac east standings cutstown and westchester tied at two and oh in the conference both uh they're both at one and two then shepherd at one and one tied for third with shippensburg and east stroudsburg and millersville and then bloomsburg lockhaven pulling up the rear at zero and two but overall wins four four and one teams it's a very competitive conference. And I don't know about Westchester, but uh, uh, Shepherd's one loss to Kutztown. Shippensburg's one loss is to Shepherd. So I don't know who, who Kutztown's one loss is to. IUP. IUP, okay. That's in the West side, who's at 2-0 and as well. So the leaders in the West division, Cal U, Slippery Rock, and IUP all at 2-0. and 1-1 and is Gannon and Edinsboro. And then Seton Hill, Mercyhurst, and Clarion at 0-2. So, you know, just a quick update on the PSAC standings because we're about almost – we're about midway through the season. Yeah. All right. Well, we will – yep. We will step aside for our – final break of the day when we come back we'll talk mlb nfl little nfl then we'll talk mlb want to want to talk about a certain washington national that could be retiring that's next on the sports mix this segment sponsored in part by both parsons ford kent parsons ford and martinsburg we became number one by making you number one first parsonsford.com as well as by orsini's home store not just an appliance store anymore cabinets and designer bedding outdoor living family owned and operated 360 hack wilson way in martinsburg go to orsini's.com we'll be back for more of the sports mix next Hi, my name's Corey, and I'm here at Orsini's in beautiful Martinsburg, West Virginia. We no longer specialize in only appliances. We have kitchen design, countertops, cabinets, flooring, and even a new 1,200-square-foot sleep studio with brands such as Stearns & Foster, Sealy, and Tempur-Pedic. 304-267-7251. 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. We price match the big box stores, and we give back to our local community. Orsini's.com safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Then sign up for Basic, Intermediate, and Advanced Defensive Handgun courses. Valley Guns 2 has a 197-acre complex in Hampshire County with a 2,400-square-foot indoor facility and various ranges. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or phone 304-229-4411. 
mayhem is everywhere. I'm in your bangs, and you can't stop staring at me. That's it. Just tilt the rearview mirror over here. And while you're checking me out more times than a library book, your car is wandering into that lane over there. More bangs? <laughs> Neat. And if you've got cut rate insurance, you could be paying for this yourself. So get Allstate. Call Martinsburg Allstate agent Gary Kelly today at 304-263-4596. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix. Again, apologies. It appears Facebook is down, so we do not have our Facebook stream today. Only on TV 10 and on Talk Radio WRNR on both the FM and the AM dial. Spencer Puy joined alongside Nick Verzellini as we get into this last segment. We'll talk NFL and some MLB. First, we'll talk Washington football team. You heard their game yesterday, and I would say impeccable timing here as a sports director for me uh well not really it, it kind of falls on me if it's bad but it's good it's everybody and on friday we were kind of brainstorming we wanted to get both the steelers game on as well because they played in at 425 but due to kind of the satellite receivers the way that they work we had to start that steelers game right at kickoff and we got really lucky because the end of the washington football team game came at 4:23, and it was scheduled to switch over at 4:24:50. <laughs> One thing that is, we got we got lucky on that part. What is what is consistent about Talk Radio WRNR is when we say that game will be over well before then. <laughs> yeah. It never is. It never is. <laughs> uh, but Washington got the 34 to 30 comeback win. They were down at halftime, 17 to 13, and Taylor Heineke performed really really well 23 of 33 290 yards three touchdowns no picks antonio gibson 14 carries 63 yards averaging 4.5 a pop and terry mclaurin once again huge day six catches 123 yards two touchdowns jd mckissick five catches 44 yards and the game winning touchdown which kind of part of me i thought was going to knock it called a touchdown and they were going to have to try to get it in from you know half yard out but they got lucky Curtis Samuel returns has four catches for 19 yards in his return and a big big kickoff return for a touchdown from DeAndre Carter his first ever touchdown in the league yeah it was an exciting game I got to check out the last few moments there and obviously there's a few plays there that were pretty close uh you had the McLaurin catch or non-catch that ended up being luckily for Washington. As it yeah, I was getting fumble. scared there. Yeah, well, when you slowed it down, it looked like a fumble. But live, it looked like an incomplete pass. So they got the call right there. And then McKissick there at the end, you know, I was only kind of like half paying attention. So then when I saw the lineup for two, I was like, oh, wait, they didn't count that as a touchdown? Then I was like, oh, it, it was a touchdown. That was just the two-point conversion. So, yeah, good win for Washington. And then Heineke able to have some success, as you noted. But – it comes against the Atlanta team that hasn't looked the best so far. So that's the concern still for me is that the defense has kind of given up a lot of points 
and I don't know. I, I don't know if this team will be in the playoff race come playoff time, but a win's a win. So yes, a win is a way. win, and I have a two-sided rant here. Okay. Hopkins sucked again. Well, is yes. That, I mean, that rant from the beginning of the year, just at the beginning of the season in the in the preseason, just continued to stand true. And I, that's kind of why I think, I, like I was thinking to myself yesterday at the end of the game, I was like, there's no way they put it in the hands of Hopkins to win the game. I'm sorry. If there, he missed two point after attempts, you don't do that. But my two-sided rant here goes out to NFL officiating and Chase Young. First part, bogus roughing the passer penalty called on Chase Young when he hit Matt Ryan. That ball ended up being picked. I believe it was a fourth down, and he was hit in his shoulders, top of his shoulders, and he lost his balance, and then he threw it up in the air off of what looked like one knee or off of one leg, his knee did, in fact, upon replay, hit the ground. They didn't look at that. They just, for some reason, thought that Chase Young hit him in the head. They are going to call him personal foul, roughing the passer, passer, and first down for Atlanta. Bogus call. Don't know why that call is being made like that in the NFL. I get the effort to... Uh, you know, make sure the quarterbacks are healthy, but that's a bogus call. You you should be able to. You should be able to like in the um, in college athletics. You can go back and look for, and, and even NBA for a flagrant kind of foul, for a personal foul like that. You should be able to go back and and look at that. But the other side of that rant, Chase Young, why are you not going? lower for the sack i don't understand it chase young you're supposed to be one of the wow. best defensive ends in the in the league and what are you doing you're hitting you can high. also get flagged for going too low yeah but if he, he was he was he could have just launched a little bit lower he was he was like as if i was looking at you and i was just running at you like i don't understand why you didn't go a little bit lower maybe midsection yeah i don't know i mean two sides of roughing the passer it is one of the more annoying calls in the nfl as as sometimes it will be oh he went too low and then he went too high so it's like you know in in the speed of the game how do you do that right is something i've never really understood about roughing the passer um you know to me if if it's not a late hit don't call it that's how i roll but obviously they want to protect the quarterbacks because they're the most important players in the game and i get that um but overall you know, I'm not a big fan of just defensive penalties in general because the defense gets hurt way more than the offense on penalties. There's so many penalties that are automatic first downs, yeah. even if it's a five-yard penalty. That never added up to me. Make it a 10-yard penalty if it's an automatic first down. I mean, that's just dumb to me. But And then, like, if, if you get holding on the offense, it should be automatic fourth down then. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like, come but on. But the, the whole point of me having the rant on this, I don't – I just – it, it – Changed the way the game was going. It was a fourth down. Washington stopped them. Really intercepted the ball anyway. But Washington would have a chance to drive down. If they would have lost, this rant would have been a lot more heated. But Washington able to come back at the victory. But the fact that Washington would have been given the ball on a shorter field just really, really, quite frankly, just irked me. That's but fair enough. they were able to win, so I'm not too irked. Do you have any thoughts on... Uh because obviously as a Ravens fan, you know, I think they should have won for the record, and they did. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but Vic Fangio was very frustrated that Baltimore ran a four-yard run to tie the Steelers' record for most 100-yard rushing games in a, in a, uh, 
or in the NFL, like most games in a row with 100 yards of team rushing. That's crazy. I did not see that. They didn't take a knee. They ran Lamar Jackson outside for four. I mean, you ha- it's your division foe. I feel like you got to do that, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I agree too. And um, obviously, too, um, you know, Denver wasn't just letting the game go by not taking their timeouts in the final few seconds. So yeah, and, that's and on that side. easy win for the Ravens to improve to three and one, twenty-three to seven. It wasn't really a contest, and Broncos not real. Hype not real for well, they're them. Still a real team. But I'm yeah. saying hype not real. Three and zero. I was kind of giving some stock into it. Maybe maybe this could be a good year for the Broncos. But you only score seven points against the Ravens that gave up a bunch of points last week to the Lions. That you're not the hype is not real in my opinion. Teddy B did get hurt though. Teddy B did get hurt, and uh, the dancing and rapping legend Drew Locke did come in. <laughs> yeah, he didn't play that well. But. He didn't. But the Steelers, you heard that game last night, lost to the Packers 27-7 to fall to 1-3 on the year. I'm hitting 17, 27-17. I'm hitting panic mode if I am Mike Tomlin. Did you see that little smile between Rodgers and Tomlin? He's coming. Uh, you know, I saw that on Facebook last night, and, and people were talking about that. Very interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I'm hitting the panic mode if, if I'm Haskins? Matt Tomlin, or Mike Tomlin. Uh, but let's – Quick look around any some other scores. The Jets get a win over the Titans 24-17 in overtime. That's pretty big. Um the Vikings beat or the Browns beat the Vikings 14 to 7. Uh the Bills shut out the Texans 40 to nothing. The Saints fall in overtime to the Giants. Now everybody in the NFC East has a win. Uh the the Chiefs come back after a bad week win 42 to 30. Um the Cowboys get another win, 36-28 over the Panthers. The 49ers lose to the Seahawks, 28-21. Cardinals beat the Rams, 37-20. And on Sunday Night Football last night, Tom Brady goes back into Foxborough, gets the 1917 win in a rainy Foxborough. Tom Brady, 22 for 43, 269 yards, no touchdowns. And Mac Jones, 31 for 40. 275 yards, two touchdowns, uh, 31 for 40. Great completion percentage for the young guy there in Mac Jones. It was a good performance from him. Brady was kind of disappointing. Um, Something else I wanted to note on those scores, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, Brady Burke Breeze's passing record as well. Yeah, and Drew Brees in attendance now with with NBC. Uh, That's pretty big. but it definitely got emotional, I think, at the end for or in the beginning, very beginning, it kind of got emotional with the video. And then at the end, I don't know what that half hearted hug was from Bill Belichick, but Tom Brady looked like he wanted to talk to him more. And Supposedly, he dipped. Uh, joined Brady in the locker room after the game for about 20 minutes. Okay, well, that's good to know. I didn't see that. But now we'll flip to the MLB. Washington Nationals ended their season yesterday and could be the end of an era for Mr. National. And this was from the Nationals broadcast. Unfortunately, we didn't get to carry that game, but here it is. Ryan Zimmerman is being saluted with a standing ovation, which includes the Boston Red Sox. Their entire team is out on the edge of the grass, giving Zimmerman an ovation. He's saluting the crowd as he's being taken out of the game. He's patting his chest, looking to all corners of Nationals Park. Davey Martinez is hobbling out to greet him. (laughs) Zim mimicking Davey's gait, and they embrace in front of the first base side dugout. Well, the Nationals didn't come out of the dugout to take the field. Zim went out and he turned around. He was the only one on the field. 
everyone came out to applaud his teammates to hug him. And then Alex Cora led his team out onto the field. This was something to see. Could have been the last game at Nats Park for Ryan Zimmerman. We may talk a little bit more about that tomorrow. But for Nick uh, Ernie McCook for coming on the show today, for Nick Versley, I'm Spencer Dupuy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great Monday afternoon and tune in to Monday Night Football tonight from Westwood One on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 AM 740.